0: Hi everybody, I'm Katie Beeston, Head of Business Development for the Specialist Care Group. I'm here with Carolyn Gavin, Clinical and Care Director of the Specialist Care Group, where we'll be finding out about Carolyn's role, reflections on the last 12 months and our future plans. Hi Carolyn. Hi Katie. Can you tell us a
1: little bit, Carolyn, about your role within the group and your role within the wider trust? Okay. Um, I suppose my role as the clinical and care director of the specialist group means that I have the overarching responsibility for quality governance of the directorates that make up the group, but also represent the group on a variety of subcommittees of the board. So this includes quality governance, death ethics committee and mortality review panels. And I also report to the executive director of clinical quality and performance. I suppose as you're aware, the group is made up of quite a diverse range of national and local specialist services that provide care to and advocate for some of the most vulnerable, stigmatised and disadvantaged populations of our country. I work closely with the clinical directors and the heads of quality in each area who are the experts in their field and who lead the governance process within their areas. And this includes things like managing risks, focusing on quality and an eye out certainly for safety. Like the other members of the senior management team for the group, my role is to support the directorates so that directorates and the services have freedom to act and to deliver the care in the most effective way. So this can include advocating for services, building up cases for change and supporting improvement initiatives, but also stimulating learning, for instance, from incidents, benchmarking reviews, complaints and compliments, just to name a few things that we do. So it's a, a very varied role. <laughs> it's it fair is to say. And, and it's very interesting I think during um, the year I get pulled into many different directions and it's not one that you can necessarily plan for. Okay so
0: Carolyn we've just obviously passed the anniversary of the pandemic, how have you personally found this way of uh,
1: working during the last 12 months and how have you had to adapt? Well I guess, I guess last March I never dreamt that we'd still be in the midst of the pandemic in the way that we are and In terms of ways of working, it's been a massive change for me. Um, People who know me will know that I like to go out, I like to chat, I like to meet people, I like to engage, I like to find out what people are doing. So working remotely from home has been a real test for me. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the things also is actually working at home, and then having everybody else working from home was also another challenge. So every time I set up an office space, it was quickly taken over by a member of the family, including the dogs. Um, I, I, I guess adapting in the years, small things have made a huge difference to me. One of the things we do, as you know, Katie, because you do it yourself, is that we sign in every morning and say good morning to each other. And that's been really helpful because it's something that we do. We'd come into the office, say good morning, and have a cup of coffee. So we do that in a virtual way. Claire, um, for people who don't know Claire, she's our contract manager. She shares her socks of the day and that's been highly entertaining. Um, Although not as entertaining as Howard's jokes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I suppose the tips I've learnt over the last year is actually to take a break. It's really easy to go from one thing to another virtually, whereas actually if you were working um, at a base or visiting people, we'd be having breaks where we'd work, walk to different rooms, we'd go out for lunch, whereas actually you can stay in your office at home if you're not careful for the whole day. So it's been really important for me to actually make sure that we have a break, walk around the garden, then come back again. And I've had to also, I suppose the other thing I've had to do is proactively contact people because one of the things you haven't been able to do is actually sort of bump into people and just have that chat and catch up so it's been a huge challenge and one I've had to it's been a steep learning curve for me certainly to adapt into new ways of working as I'm sure it has been for many of you.
0: Yeah I know some really interesting reflections there Carolyn I think it's like that kind of constant communication and that morning hello is is really important isn't it for people. Okay so the next question Carolyn is I guess over the last year what have you seen as the top three changes That have impacted on quality, um, and what are the positive changes that you think that we should move forward with? Oh,
1: I'm not not sure about three, Uh. (laughs) two then, Uh, yeah, or even five. I suppose um, what we found is actually the change in practice and in the initial lockdown, I think one of the things that changes is it actually created waits for some services and one of the things services are doing is actually working really hard now to get through these. And I suppose the other changes that we've had certainly for inpatient provision is many of our patients have had restrictive visiting, so we've had to think about actually how they can keep in contact with their networks and their family, which is really important for their families. So we've had to think about actually how do we do that virtually and I've been really impressed with how people have adapted to that change really quickly uh, and been quite proactive in saying actually you've got to keep in contact, how can we do this virtually, how can we set up spaces for people to visit in a way that maintains the social distancing and the national guidance. I suppose there's been other ways that people have been really proactive in changing so we've had the dental space actually thinking about how do they change the airflow within the room so that they can continue to deliver services within the prisons actually set the teams creating incel workbooks and reaching out to prisoners in a different way than they would have done to make sure that they maintain their recovery and also how everyone's actually embraced virtual visits and virtual training in ways i think if we said that we were going to do that a year ago it would have taken much longer but actually i think people have rallied round and grouped together and said right actually how are we going to maintain our services for people and how are we going to deliver things in a in a way that's new but also creative and I suppose going forward I would hope that we would maintain some of these changes and not necessarily just go back to the way that we worked before because that's the way that we've always done it because one of the things we're hearing certainly from service users is how they've enjoyed some of the changes some of the things they do want to go back to so for many people for groups they like to meet people um but for some other contacts, actually, they would be happy to have a virtual contact rather than wait for a face to face visit. So, yeah, my recommendation was, would be not rush back to how, fully to how it was before. Let's think about what's worked in this virtual world over the last year. Let's have a mixture of the approaches. Some waffled there, I'm really sorry about that, Katie.
0: <laughs> no, that was really interesting, Carolyn. Thanks so much. And I think it's uh, it's it's obviously it's been a very interesting twelve months for us all. So thanks very much for your reflections. Thank you, Carolyn Gavin. That's the end of this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. Subscribe for more episodes and share with your friends, family and colleagues. Goodbye.